This is the Steve Zabin Show. You don't know what the hell you're doing! On the Team 980 and theteam980.com. What the hell is he doing? Here he is, the Zabe. I think I saw yesterday, might have been this morning, the days all seemed to blur together, but I believe it was yesterday in which uh, the note was, on this date last year, the Nationals realized they were going to need a bigger boat. And that was because it was the first home run from a little, not little known, but a a, a role-playing part-timer who became known as the king of the baby shark, Gerardo Parra. And uh, that launched what was an amazing turnaround last year from 1931 or something like that, all the way, not just to the mountaintop, but the mountaintop while planting a flag. World Series champions, Washington Nationals, still the champs. They are still going to get their day at home. The team has said abbreviated season, truncated season, different kind of season. They are not going to do anything other than celebrate their championship at home, and that's a beautiful thing. So the winners write the history books, and the writers who cover the team get to write books about championship runs, and our next guest has done just that. We've talked to him many times over the last couple of years. Jesse Doherty joins us now from the Washington Post. His book is called Buzzsaw, the improbable story of how the Washington Nationals won the World Series. Jesse, good afternoon. Congratulations on the book, my friend. You pretty happy with how it came out? Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been a while. So it's good to be Yeah, on. it has been a while. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm happy it's out. That's probably the biggest thing. You know, it's like right. it exists and was written. And uh, we had a, we had about seven weeks to get it done, which was a sort of insane timeline. Originally, that was designed to get it out before opening day, which was supposed to be March 26th. Uh, now it seems like we had a little bit more leeway there. But uh, at the time, we thought we'd have to have it by late March. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy it's out. And all the reactions from everyone that's gotten it have been great. And I just am really grateful to everyone that, that's picked it up and, and enjoyed it. So when you were going through this season last year, just covering it for the post, were you also in parallel writing notes for a possible book, or were you not even thinking that far ahead? Because obviously no one's going to write a book about a 19-31 and 31 team that finishes 25 games out. Sure. No, it's, it's funny. So on your, you know, in your beginning of this segment here, you mentioned Gerardo Parr's home run in L.A., and I had a sort of, running bit with the beat writers where when the Nats were really bad back in April and May, I would, I would joke Well, the book, you know, the book's coming when they turn this around. And the first time I actually made that joke was when we were waiting outside the clubhouse in LA after Gerardo Parr's game winning grand slam. And I remember talking to Mark Zuckerman and Jamal Collier and saying, you know, guys, this is where the book starts. And they were like, ah, oh, you shut up. And I was, I was being a jerk. I, obviously there was not going to be a book. Cause you're right. They were, they were bad. They were not a very good baseball team. But throughout the year, I would keep doing it, you know, and it would be like the most innocuous thing would happen. Like Trevor Rosenthal would get a big out against the Braves, and I'd look over and bet, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the first chapter. You know, the book starts here. Um, and so I guess I should have done less joking about it and more working on it throughout the season, huh. for sure. Like, I, right. I, definitely, I definitely was more into it being a running gag than I was it actually being a practicality. So, no, I mean, I took, I took detailed notes because – I do anyway as a part of my job, but in terms of thinking right. they were ever going to be put into a book, I probably didn't think that until Daniel Hudson strikes out Michael Brantley, you know, in game seven. Yeah. So what, aside from perhaps Para bringing some levity 
uh, into the clubhouse and reminding the guys baseball's supposed to be fun. Let's have some fun. What other sort of spark moments were there in the season that you think helped get them back on track? Yeah, I think the the Max Scherzer broken nose game was a big one. And actually that same day, it's a doubleheader. And that morning is when Gerardo Parra changed his walk-up music to Baby Shark. So June 19th actually had a lot packed into it. Uh, I think another one for me is was the late August Cubs series when they swept the Cubs at Wrigley. The Cubs had been great at home. They had just added Nick Castellanos. They were, they were sort of a building contender and still in the mix, and the Nationals just took it to them. And that, to me, was sort of the, the whoa, this team is, is good moment. They had just come off a really good series in Pittsburgh as well and were just really hitting the ball, and the pitching was great. And then the third one there would be the Mets comeback. I think there is sort of some cliché – to it, but I think there's also something really powerful about believing you can kind of like do anything as a team. And when you when you make a six run comeback with a seven run ninth inning and and uh, sort of stun a division rival like that, you kind of could see in that clubhouse that everyone was kind of looking around after that, and it was kind of that feeling like, well, we can we can do anything. We can do we can win any game. We're never out of it. Those kind of things. And it's it does feel like coach speak, and in a lot of ways it is. But when it actually happens, you can you can sort of see this shift. Jesse Doherty, the Washington Post, nice enough to join us here on the Zabe Show. Covers the Nats, author of Buzzsaw, great Father's Day gift, great belated Mother's Day gift as well. At Doherty underscore Jesse is how you reach him on Twitter. Jess, I'm sure you've kicked around or at least read or maybe even heard the quote from Cal Ripken the other day on the uh, Rich Eisen show when he was talking about the traditional clubhouse with, you know, with regard to the, the COVID crisis. And look, if you just have to go to the stadium and then leave the stadium, He kind of alluded to the fact that the clubhouse is overrated. I'll read just a bit of it. All those things can be worked around, Cal said, because the real competition starts when you're facing the pitcher on the mound and you get in situations and try to win a game. I think all the natural instincts of all the athletes kick in at such a high level where it's not that they're blocking out any fan participation. There's nothing like having that, but that's the difference of playing in the minor leagues, dot, dot, dot. He basically just talked about how, you know, you can diminish the effect of the clubhouse with all of your covering on the Nets, I'm sure they'd beg to differ. Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough, right? Because from a safety issue, like, of course, if we, need to, if we need to diminish the number of shared spaces that we have with players, and that's not just us. That's also staff. That's equipment managers. That's medical team. Um, if, if we're trying to, you know, limit the amount of time we're actually in the same airspace as each other, both in the short-term future and the long-term future, then I, I think it's probably rational to say that the clubhouse is one meeting place that brings together a lot of people who have come from a lot of different places, whether it's home or another city or another, you know, I've been on a plane, I've been on a train, whatever. Um, so I get that. I think from a, practic- from a practical standpoint that it's sort of this, it is a Petri dish. I mean, with, I think Sean Doolittle said it recently, if one person gets sick in a clubhouse, uh, you, everyone does. And I'll, I'll be the first to say it. The Nats all got sick in St. Louis uh, in the middle of September, and I coughed for two months afterwards. I mean, I, I coughed really? the entire postseason. Um, and it's just that, that, that happens a lot. It's a Petri dish. There's so much shared space, so many shared things everyone touches, door hands, whatever, couches. Um, so I think, like, that sort of melting pot of people is a great part of baseball. It's a great part of baseball reporting and sort of – separates it from a lot of other sports in the terms of access and sort of sort of direct sort of conversations you can have with athletes. Uh, but I do understand the notion that 
uh, it could maybe be one of the fixes if we want to make it a more safe environment from a, from a health standpoint. So you mentioned I, Sean's sorry, name, Jess. Yeah. No, 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 go ahead. You continue. No, I just been say I, I don't want to endorse sort of cutting down our clubhouse time or our recording opportunity because that's the last thing I think. I mean, that's the last thing the sport needs is to have an outbreak of coronavirus. But one of the last things the sports needs is is less, is less coverage and and sort of um, and for for fans to have less access to players. I think it's a sport that's really struggling with visibility and connecting to a lot of younger fans and generations and and limiting media and the ways in which we can have avenues to tell really in depth personal stories. Uh, I, I think would be a step backward for the sports sort of fight to become more mainstream and popular. Totally agree. Talking to Jesse Doherty, the Washington Post, also author of Buzzsaw, of course, tremendous book about last year's Nats season. You mentioned Mr. Doolittle. Zave and I ran through the tweets yesterday. How loud, how resonating is his voice among the Major League Baseball culture? Is there a Sean Doolittle in every market? I don't think there is. I think that's a problem. And I think, you know, I'm certainly – you know, I I commend Sean for the ways in which he speaks up in a lot of different platforms – against a lot of different issues but i do think it's worth worth having the conversation that that his voice being loud but not being part of a collective is a really sort of a damning fact about baseball it does not have a lot of star athletes and a lot of people use their platform to to speak out against issues to speak out against something as important as reopening when we still don't have the safety concerns ironed out so the fact that sean doodle is saying this is great the fact that he's essentially standing alone uh, amid a league with a lot of really visible stars and players, I think is really troubling. And I think that uh, we we often see that um, athletes in other sports maybe are the first to come forward regarding, you know, um, you know, whatever it's labor issues, whether it's uh, whether it's you know race issues, whether it's political issues within sports. Um, we see a lot more visibility and a lot more sort of a, a accountability from stars in the NFL and the NBA. Baseball doesn't have that. And I think it's, uh, it's, it becomes even more apparent in a situation like this when it's so surprising that, you know, the closer for the Nationals s- stepped up and said something. It shouldn't be that surprising. All right, real quick, let me run you through a, a little gamut of possible tweaks in a shortened season. You tell mm-hmm. me if it helps, hurts the Nats, or maybe is neutral. Permanent DH, helps, hurts, neutral. Yeah, not uh, not to pat myself on the back, but I wrote on February seventh that the, the DH would be great for this Nats team. So I'd say uh, certainly helps. You get, yeah, it gives you the opportunity to have two of Howie Kendrick, Eric Thames, and Ryan Zimmerman in the lineup every day. It gives you an opportunity to keep Juan Soto in the lineup and keep, and get him out of the field sometimes. It gives you an opportunity to play as Rubel Cabrera and get a switch hitter in there. Uh, and maybe alleviate some ap- some opportunities for Carter Keboom or get Carter Keboom at bats without putting him in the field sometimes if you want Cabrera to play third. So there's just a number of ways. Uh, and also probably the, the biggest one is that with such a good rotation, uh, not having to pinch hit in the sixth or seventh would allow your, your big arms like Max Scherzer and Steven Stroudsburg and Patrick Corbin to push even deeper into starts. All right, possibly unsophisticated, stupid baseball you know, fan follow-up doesn't every team have somebody else they want to get in the lineup wouldn't all this be a wash at dh or no um i don't think so i mean i i get your point i I think most lineups get better so i think like that's definitely true like so you're you're replacing a pitcher with a position player so your lineup gets better no matter what but i think the idea that that the nationals built their bench this year with a combination of kendrick thames zimmerman right and as triple cabrera who are and and two really you know solid hitting catchers like Kurt Suzuki could be a really good right-handed DH some nights. 
but Jan Gomes, you may want behind the plate if it's Patrick Corbin starting or whatever. I mean, they have a lot of options. And also the benefit is that you get guys at bat, so you keep those guys in more of a rhythm. So getting Kendrick okay. and Zimmerman and Thames more regular at bats helps you out. A more regional realignment, does that help, hurt, or neutral for the Nats? I think it's neutral. I think I get it. It's probably something that's neutral for most teams. Okay. Shorter season, help, hurt, neutral for the Nats? Help, for sure. I mean, I think coming off such a long year when, you know, your starters were so taxed and pitched to the end of the calendar, and not just your starters, also Sean Doolittle and Daniel Hudson and Will Harris, who are uh, relievers in their 30s who pitched, you know, two of the three of those guys pitched in the final day of the baseball calendar last year. So uh, an older roster certainly benefits from more of a sprint than a marathon. All right, and then expanded playoffs, help, hurt, or neutral for the Nats? Help, because I think the Nats showed last year that all you need to do is get in, and, you know, they weren't the team everyone was thinking was going to win. I think the Dodgers were probably more attractive to a lot of people. Even the Brewers with their bullpen uh, were were sort of attractive to a lot of people. Uh, And then you had the Braves that were really, really talented and dynamic last year, but the Nats showed that if you can just punch a ticket, you can start to sort of play funhouse baseball and and throw everything you have at teams. So I think that was – that's what we learn with that. I mean, Mike Rizzo always says all he wants is to get in the playoffs and give his team a chance. So I think it helps. All right. Exit question. Even though it's not going to happen, back when we were talking about biodome solutions for the season, Arizona or Florida, mm-hmm. which would you least rather do, be dispatched to Florida to cover games all day starting <laughs> at 9 a.m. or Arizona outdoors all day starting at 9 a.m.? Uh, well, I'm not a Florida fan. I spent a lot of time there for <laughs> training, so I think I'm sort of maxed, I think I'm sort of maxed out. So – uh, okay. Arizona for the sole fact that it would give me somewhere new to spend time and, and explore. But it would still be hotter than Hades. <laughs> Imagine that. It would be really day. hot. Yeah. 9 a.m. game, really middle of summer. Thankfully, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Very good. Jesse, congrats on the book. Go out and buy it. It's available wherever books are sold, delivered, also on audiobook as well. Buzzsaw, the improbable story of how the Nats won the World Series. Thank you, Jesse. Great. Thanks so much, guys. I always appreciate it. Coming up, the thought of a canceled season hasn't even crossed his mind. So then, what is foremost on the mind of Gary Bettman of the NHL, and what might that mean for the Capitals? That's next. You're listening to the Steve Zabin Show and the team. Now back to the Steve Zabin Show on the Team 980 and 95.9 FM. Hey, everybody. Who wants some good news out there? Huh? Maryland just announced they have lifted their stay-at-home order. Doesn't apply to all counties, though. MoCo, PG County, still going to be under some restrictions. Even the rest of the state, not necessarily a free-for-all. Please don't disrobe fully naked and go running through the streets and hinterlands. Too, too late. Of <laughs> Too late, indeed. Can you give me the deets, Scott, on this? Because I know it's good news for Marylanders. Not so great news for D.C. residents because today Mayor Muriel Bowser extended theirs to June 8th. Ooh. So what's the Maryland order say as you punch it up? And like I said, Montgomery County and PG County are going to be on their own timeline, kind of like the uh, counties in northern Virginia are also slow walking it in regards to the rest of state we'll talk caps in just a second as well it'll come up for scott in just a second hey kids get off the damn pooter scott now it's what i get for doing now 
That's what I get for doing business in private, you know. Uh, excuse me, sir, you're in private. Can you not do private stuff in private mode? browsing? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Yeah. It's sorry. okay. Um, according to the Baltimore Sun ar- uh, article, lifted will be the Maryland stay-at-home order. Uh, he is replacing the order with something called safer at home that will not be enforced by rule of law. It allows manufacturing. Wait a minute. What? what? So Larry Hogan's replacing stay at home with safer at home? Safer at home. It's an advisory as opposed to an order. It allows for manufacturing. Ding! Retail. Ding! Haircuts. Ding! And ding! Haircuts! Did you hear that? Haircuts, everybody! And worship services to resume without limitations. According to the governor, Marylanders will no longer be required to stay at home, but are strongly advised to stay at home, particularly older and more vulnerable Marylanders. If you can work at home, do so. You should continue wearing masks in indoor public areas, retail stores, and on public transportation. Restrictions, Abe, on gatherings of larger than 10 people and closure of so-called non-essential businesses remain in place. Is it just me, or does all this stuff wash over you almost like the teacher in Peanuts? Like, you can't keep track of everything that... They're saying is or isn't. You just almost have to check a website or call them. Like today, I had to go hit a few drivers because I haven't hit a driver in 2020. And if I'm going to go golf, I need to know which way it's going. Answer, all over the place. Good. Mystery solved. Be prepared. So I had to call Raspberry Falls Golf Course because their website said the range was only available for people that were playing golf that day. And I'm like, well, I'm not playing today, but I can, can I come hit a few drivers? And they said, yeah, that actually now is fine. That restriction has been lifted. So you don't know. So all this stuff evolves. So haircuts are cool. Mm, apparently. You should try to stay home, but they're not going to enforce it by law. Did anyone get arrested for just being out and about when they shouldn't have been? I don't that recall I don't hearing know. any stories I- about that. I know the first weekend or one of the first weekends, there was a dude up Baltimore Way who was hosting like a 40 or 50 person bonfire to sort of give the double bird to authorities. And when I don't even want to, I'm not going to call them Karens, but when the neighborhood said, yeah, so-and-so up the roads hosting 40 or 50 or 100, you guys got to do something. So he was arrested, I think, once, maybe twice. So, yeah, because he, wow. you know. Oh, that's right. That was early on. Yeah, he was having bonfires. Yes. But that's the little bit. Those are gatherings, not just being out and about. Okay. Correct. All right. And uh, do you know what your county, Montgomery County, is currently doing? Are they still staying I buttoned up? I do not. I do not know, but I will you gotta double You got to go get check. a haircut? Not that you need one. Yours looks No, okay, I've, been, right? I've been doing it at home doing with the yourself? $35 yeah. Panasonic Clippers we got from Amazon when this whole thing started. So, yeah. Not a bad job. It's it's okay. All right. I've seen worse. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. right. Okay. District, hang in there, I guess. That's all we can say. So Gary Bettman said today that he hasn't even thought about canceling the rest of the season. Good job. Love that thinking. Good. I like it. Yes. But they're not necessarily close, per se, to coming back. Um. What have you heard about what the NHL's plans are? They 
they sort of skew a different way than the NBA in terms of their attitude towards stuff. Of course, they don't have the big blanket TV dollars that powers the league. They really rely on attendance. So they've got to figure out their own equation on that. I think the NHL has more international players than the NBA does. Even though the NBA does have quite a few international players now, the NHL is chock full of them. Probably, what, 50% or more? Hell, I bet American-born players are a minority, right? They're all from Canada or somewhere else in the NHL. Not all of them. Yeah, I mean, the the stuff that I've heard, and it's kind of like, you know, you just, you just grab and start putting on the cutting board and throwing a big bowl, and at the end you have a massive salad. Wasn't it, Zabe, a couple days ago where the Canadian government said anybody coming back in has to do the 14-day quarantine? I remember right. that. But proposals are, uh, uh, you know, top 12 in each conference with a tournament or maybe the eight each side, which is fine, too. Maybe Vancouver hosts. Maybe they go to Las Vegas. Maybe they, you know, they, they turned off the water on the, uh, on the New Hampshire idea because of infrastructure. Yeah. But there New are Hampshire cities that have the North Dakota or whatever they were saying. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. There's you know they, they have a lot of options. I saw the Bettman quotes too. He was doing a a town hall for the what like the San Jose Sharks clients or the business, and the quote continues. I don't want to sound Pollyanna, but canceling's just too easy of a solution. That means you stop working hard to do all the things that you're doing, and I ultimately believe there will be an opportunity. The rest of the quote is, states are reopening, cities are reopening, and if we do the right things, meaning if, you know, the public follows orders, I think we'll be able to finish the season. Good, good, good. I love that. I I totally agree. Quitting is easy. And then what are you going to do? Go play golf the rest of the summer? Well, we quit. Nothing less to do. Keep at it. Hang in there. Um, It it will be a little bit trickier for the NHL, but I think they can find a way to do it. I'm now going to have to... Uh, you know, of course, I'm looking at the NHL standing. The Capitals uh, are we're sitting uh, at top the Metro Division by a point over the Flyers, mm-hmm. who had been coming on hard at the last uh, couple weeks. That's what she said. 90, 90 points for the Caps, 89 for the Flyers. Uh, the Bruins, your Atlantic leading juggernaut with 100 points, 10 more than the Capitals, uh, the Lightning at 92. Out west, you're talking the Blues in the Central with 94, the Avalanche with 92, and then out in the Pacific, the Golden Knights with 86, and the Oilers with 83 points. Caps the reading of the standings. The reading of the standings. Well, it's, you know, you have to start getting back up to, to speed on these things as uh, we get ready to maybe mop up the end of the season. The, the, the Capitals have 1, 2, 3, 6, Nine, ten games left. I'm sorry, eleven games left. No, twelve. Hold on a second. I didn't they know. They played I sixty-nine. Go ahead. Thirteen games left. Thank you. Yes, eighty-two game season. Nailed it. Yes. There you go. And we'll see if they do mop up the rest of the regular season and then launch into a playoff run, or if they jump right to the playoffs. I don't know. I think those guys wanted to play some semblance of a. A couple before. I mean, that makes perfect sense from an athletic standpoint. You don't want to go, all right, series starts tomorrow. Let's start rolling. You know, whether they do Mm -hmm. a bracket or whatever, you'd still want two or three games. And I'm guessing at least a couple of weeks of ramp-up time 
you know, even if, and even if you have to do it socially distanced with a, a non-checking practice just to get their legs and yeah. passing, you, you know, start, that, that's you start with what you can start with little baby steps at first. It's like rehab, whatever you can do. You start with that on a totally unrelated hockey note. I had to ask your, your thoughts on this real quick. And then we'll get one more update in before the hour is out. The Colorado Avalanche may wear Quebec Nordique jerseys in select games next year. Mm-hmm. It's the 25th anniversary of the franchise moving from Quebec to Colorado. I don't know how fans of the old Nordiques would feel about this, but this feels like you're wearing a dead man's suit. It doesn't feel right to me. But that's just me. You? Yeah. So the people to ask would be the people of Hartford when the Whaler Canes put on the green Whaler throwbacks that's as right. they've the done. That's right, the Whaler Canes. Because this is, right, this is, this is your, let's see, your dead wife's wedding dress? Is that, is that better? You no, ripped her away from suit. me and then she. No. You, yeah, it's, right. You murdered a dude and you stole his wife. Right. And then you're like, hey, his suit fits me kind of nice. What do you think, honey? Hey, man, that's not cool. Now, that said, didn't, Zabe, the Quebec didn't Nordiques. Didn't wear Expos jerseys last year for a game? They they did. They did. Yeah. They wore throwbacks, and they were gorgeous and they super well looking. done. It's an amazing uniform. But the people in Montreal, who I'm sure aren't real happy about this whole thing even X years later, you know, what are they going to do? But the Nordiques jerseys? as perfect as they get, except for the years, and there were many, that they wore flaked uh, st- iron-on letters that just flaked off through the years, <laughs> and the logo became a bleep show. They have a sewn-on logo and flaking on. I'll, I'll send you pictures. It's nerdy, but who does that? Nerd. Then they started sewing them on later during Forsberg and Kamensky and Mike Ricci and Joe Sackick, but there was a lot of flaking going on, Zabe. One more DMV sports desk with Scott Lynn. Hallelujah, Maryland. The order has been lifted, at least in some counties. Go get a haircut, walk about responsibly, and enjoy your freedom. DMV sports desk next. Also, the birthday game before the hour's out. The DMV sports desk on the Team 980 and 95.9 FM. With the latest brought to you by our good friends at Discover. I'm Scott Lynn. Get your free credit scorecard today. Even if you're not a Discover customer, it includes your FICO credit score. And checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations do apply. Zabe just touched on it. Maryland Governor Larry Hogan has announced effective this Friday at 5 o'clock. The state of Maryland's stay-at-home order will be lifted state has achieved the 14-day trend of declining case numbers, but the stay-at-home will be replaced with a safer-at-home advisory. Small retailers, faith institutions will be able to reopen at half capacity, but counties can opt out, and the close-in D.C. suburbs are planning to exercise that option. Meanwhile, in the district, Mayor Muriel Bowser has extended the stay-at-home order to June. Mac McClung withdrawing from the draft and has informed Georgetown he's transferring. This is Patrick Ewing. McClung was an integral, pars- integral piece of our program, and when he let me know his decision, I was disappointed, but he needs to do what's best for him. I want to wish him luck in his future endeavors. Moving forward, our focus is the core that we have coming back, and our incoming class is that focus. Skins Notes has been standing. Skins hope to conduct training camp in Richmond, but because of the COVID crisis, they are looking at options near Ashburn. Zoom press conference today for Thaddeus Moss, undrafted free agent, tight end. 
says he gets advice from dad, but only when he asks for it. Per Adam Schefter, NFL teams were informed the virtual offseason will now run through the end of May. Initially, it was supposed to end on May the 15th. Baseball yesterday, several-hour meeting, according to reports, all about the proposal from owners to players, talked about timing and logistics and rule tweaks, roster sizes, but no money talk yet. That may come after all the health concerns are laid out. Little golf, PGA Tour next month in Fort Worth. There's a mini-tour event in Arizona this week. And that charity event with several prominent names this weekend, including Rory, Dustin, Ricky Fowler, and Matthew Wolf. NHL, Gary Bettman, commissioner, guest of the San Jose Sharks Town Hall, offered that ending the pro season is, quote, not something I'm even contemplating. XFL reports. Sports Business Journal, thank you. Three items at the core of Vince McMahon's firing of Commissioner Oliver Luck, including gross neglect of Luck's job during the early days of the pandemic, the signing of former Browns wide receiver Antonio Callaway, despite league policy against hiring those with legal troubles, and the personal use of an XFL-issued iPhone. DMV weather, 72, few clouds in Silver Spring. It's nice out there. Clear around 50 tonight, some sun low low 70s for your Thursday. Nobody's really sure what time it is these days. Make sure you're waking up with Kevin Sheehan Show, 6 to 9 a.m. Doc and Galdi at 9. B. Mitch at noon. Zabe takes you home from 3 to 7 on the Team 980, 95.9 FM. More of the Zabe Show as we continue live from the 95.9 FM Team 980 studios. Steve, back over to you. Oh, man, this XFL aftermath is uh, is going to be ugly. Vince McMahon claiming Andrew Luck gross mismanagement at the start yeah, of the pandemic. The, the phone thing for Oliver freaks me out. That that's what, what, who gets a phone. You know, are you not allowed to right. call anybody, honey? I'm working late tonight. I'm at the office. Or you know, what'd you do on the phone? Well, I downloaded an app. Was it an app for your personal health and well-being? Yeah, but don't you want me to be healthy? No, you can do that on your own phone. What kind of business <laughs> is so Vince weird. running? I don't it's know. It's very strange. Plus, it's kind of hard to say that he's mismanaged things at the start of the pandemic. I mean, no commissioner has pandemic experience, and there was nothing he could have done anyway. I mean, it got wiped out by a tidal wave. But this is what happens when things go to court. That's where the gloves come off and you start. Exactly. Bare knuckling it. Uh, here's an interesting one. In uh, New Hampshire, a school district has an idea for graduation that is not virtual. How to space out the grads and give diplomas at the same time. They want to use a ski mountain chairlift and give diplomas at the summit. It's going to happen at Cranmore Mountain, apparently, uh, said the principle it's not traditional but i think it's going to be a spectacular one for sure that'll be interesting you throw your hat off of the uh chairlift yeah sure that, that, that is kind of cool hand it off yeah that might not be bad i guess make for some interesting photo ops for sure Should be careful and empty stay safe seats on that galore empty seats galore on twitter uh has this story Three Michelin-starred restaurants will plant mannequins at tables to make social distancing and reduced capacity, quote, less awkward. That includes some restaurants in the district once the district is finally open. 
Uh, the D.C. area's only restaurant with three Michelin stars, uh, which is, what is it called? Why don't is it the Is that? it the Inn at Little Washington or no? Because that one's out in the, in the country. But there may be another three-star in the city. I don't know. The Inn at Little Washington, yeah. Yeah, it's in the Washington, Virginia. Washington. Yep. Oh, it is. Oh, so yes, it's the D.C. area. Correct. Okay. I've seen the pictures of the mannequins. Yeah. Put some pants on. <laughs> I, I, okay. I mean, yeah. right. look, for a joke, for a photo op, for the Instagram, for a once-in-a-lifetime thing, hey, remember what happened with the pandemic and then the restaurants opened and then, you know, we did this, but uh, I don't know. So I the, can't uh, sit LA there? County. No. The L.A. County Public Health Director, Dr. Barbara Ferrer, has apologized uh, for the remarks yesterday about extending their lockdown three more months and apologizing for the confusion that it may have led to. She said, I apologize for the confusion I created when I indicated that we needed to continue with the health officer orders. Through the next few months, I had no intention of messaging that we weren't changing our order to reflect our recovery journey. When asked Wednesday what the next few months would look like. Ferrer was noncommittal, saying the data would dictate her department's decisions. Whoops. Sorry about that. All right. Text window, 330-99-ZABE. 443, this guy. Winding down, ZABE. Most experts say it's 17-0 in the second inning. Coronavirus has knocked our starter out after eight unearned runs in the first. Their starter struck out the side in nine pitches. See, you can talk sports without the weird thou doth protest too much optimism. FYI, not being able to fathom a thought of something is not optimism. It's avoidance. Will Brady, Rivers, AP, Rogers, etc. ever play again? That's a more realistic question. This guy, this guy is big time team virus. This guy is, like, hard down. All right. Can we have a tiny bit of hope? No, no. This guy says this is it, hope, man. Hope is will, will Brady, Rivers, Rodgers, and AP ever play again? That's a more realistic <laughs> question. i got to find out who this is. Who are you? I understand your point, and I, I, hope, uh, I, I hope you're not correct. How about that? I look forward to it. By the way, I'm not sure if you're watching tonight, Mr. UFC Funny funny Boy, because you you started to love it over the weekend. Remember, when we talked to Luke Thomas on Monday, there's free stuff on tonight, Zabe. What's that? Glover Teixeira, part of the – Glover Teixeira and Anthony Smith, part of the the card tonight on ESPN Plus and ESPN. I believe it's on ESPN regular. So – it's another UFC okay. fight night in the middle of the week. 203, please share your favorite Redskin jerseys and the changes you propose. Can you post them? Um, that'd be worse. I, so no. I suck at art, right? I'll tell you, I'll tell, I, I tell you I, I, the, the yellow pants are great because they've got the proper striping for my eyes. It's got two accent stripes bordering the middle stripe. I don't like the two-tone 70s stripe on the red pants, or obviously on, on the white pants. No. Yeah, the red pants. Thank you. 
I like the yellow pants, and I like them underneath the white tops with the burgundy helmets. That's my favorite road look right there. Um, otherwise, the traditional uh, Joe Gibbs home championship jersey combination, red pants, white top, and uh, burgundy top is good. And I like the ketchup on the mustard as well. Those are the three I would go with. Zabe, NHL is 81 game seasons. NBA is 82. Damn it! I That's made it. That Thank mistake. you. I made it, too. I jumped in with you. My bad, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Um, link to a Darius Geis story. Thank you for the link. Not going to read that. Uh, link to a Doug Williams signed mini helmet. Nope. 202. Painter here, Zabe. All paint is white. It's just tinted based on the three different color coordinates axes. Oh, my God. My head is spinning now. Three different color coordinate axes? Wow. 979, regarding principals, Abe, middle school principals are just like are just as warden-like. High school principals at least get to deal with seniors who really only care about getting the year done with. Middle school principals deal with most of the same crap as high school, but every kid is a hormonally imbalanced time bomb who will break down crying at the drop of a hat. <laughs> I have been both myself. Rewarding work with lots of good times and lots of good kids and laughs. Kids are hilarious, but there are some challenging cases there. All right. 781, last day of eighth grade, we had a massive rainstorm, and we all played out in the mud. They put us in the cafeteria, and the high school principal came down to tell us, this stuff won't happen next year. One kid <laughs> laughed, and the principal popped him right in the side of the head. No! That's when you used to be able to hit kids in school as administrators. Good times. Can't do that anymore. Coming awesome. up, the birthday game. Who is celebrating today next? Don't forget Loan Pronto can get you into a home loan that is unheard of probably in your lifetime. We're talking about an APR that is in the mid-twos. That's right, a fixed-rate APR in your home loan, mid-twos. Go to Loan Pronto right now. Check them out. That's LoanPronto.com or call 571-775-1810. Loan Pronto can even cover some or all of your closing costs. You can end up with a much lower house payment. Flip from a 30 to a 15 with little or no change in your payment. It's a remarkable chance to do something great to help your family's finances. Equal housing lender, NMLS 1661781, subject to lender approval. Not all loans apply. MMLConsumerAccess.org. All right, time for the birthday game. Do we have a brought to you by here, Mr. Walker? Help me out. It's a Healthnetics brought to you by. Get your Healthnetics today. Be part of the CBD revolution. Promo code TEAM for 20% off. You get a 100% money-back guarantee backing your purchase. So get after it, healthnetics.com. Okay, who is celebrating today? So this one's going to be kind of easy. Stevie Wonder. I got to recuse, Dave. It, because it, it's, it's all over the place today. You, you can take a whack at this. I know how old he is. 93. He's 70. Ah! Yeah, he's 70 God years almighty. old. What is wrong with me? I don't know. Sorry. 90. Sorry. Next we have Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert is... Yeah, I, I'm aware of his work, Jeff. <laughs> Stephen Colbert is uh, Stephen Colbert's fifty-seven. 
54. 56. Ugh, I was going to go with that, and I opted for one. Wow. Next, we have Dennis Rodman. Ooh. The worm. Dennis Rodman, you and I are this age. He's he's 60. No. No. Well, Keenan League at 25. 58. Scotty. Zabe, he's 58. Yes. I got one. Got one. Thank God. Next, we have Mike Bibby. Mike Bibby. Mike Bibby is uh, Mike Bibby's thirty years. Yeah, he's, he is swole. That's right. At last check, he looked like a tire. A bunch of them. Uh, he's thirty nine. Thirty nine. He's thirty seven. He's forty two. Whoa. Boo. All right. Miss. Whiff. Ooh, somebody has done a savage mock-up of the Rams in a Best Buy uniform. Saw that. They, Great hey, meme. The, Welcome to Best Buy. Best Buy. Someone else yeah. compared their uniforms to, I believe, sunscreen. There's a sunscreen brand that looks just like it with the blue and the yellow mm-hmm. and the swirl. Hot. I like that, huh? No. Uh, this would be a dream if it comes true. I don't know how the airlines would afford it, but I'll send you this uh, picture here, Scott. This could be the future of air travel in the age of coronavirus, airplanes with seat dividers. In other words, the middle seat is gone, and there is a plastic-like hockey partition yes. that divides the middle seat. Oh, my God, would that be a delight Not only are you guaranteed no lunking mouth breather in the middle seat, but you have an extra little shelf to put things on, your drink or whatever. Your stuff. And you are divided with a clear plastic separator from the mook next to you. Who did this? How much do I have to pay for this seat? I have said all along, Scott, that you know, they charge, if a regular airfare is like $500, they charge $1,000 or more for first class, right? And I said, just let me pay 250 extra and I'll fly coach if you can guarantee me half of the middle seat. Half, Eddie. Half, right. And that's what this, this is, would do. This is awesome. I don't know if they're going to actually do that, but okay. You know, these airlines, they... Their their profitability is predicated upon jamming as many of us cattle into that plane as humanly possible. So we will see about that. Anything else Glorious. that is on your mind that we have not yet gotten to today? You know, this has been an interesting time as sports radio host because there's stuff out there, but you don't want to you don't want to wear people down with constant talk about. What, what's the plan for this? What's the plan for that? We spent a lot of time 30 days ago talking biodome stuff, which, of course, just never happened. It is not going to happen. What if we put all the teams here and do this? Well, now it doesn't look like that's going to happen. 
Uh, Steve Wolf, the SI writer who blasted Michael Jordan's baseball adventure with the SI cover story saying, bag it, Michael, mm-hmm. and Michael missing badly on a curveball. Uh, he's never spoken to Sports Illustrated since, and now SI is basically bankrupt. Steve Wolf said he was too hard on Jordan in that piece. Okay. Is that necessary? Thursday, I don't know. Maybe it's just being honest in retrospect. Yeah, is that to make Wolf feel a little bit better years later? Like like Michael has taught us, Zabe, you said what you said decades ago because yeah. that's what you said. Now? It's a little right. weird. Thursday night on Fox Sports Wisconsin, they'll play the 1982 regular season finale of the baseball season. Sutton and Palmer square off for the AL East. Broadcast legends include Howard Cosell and Keith Jackson calling baseball in their spiffy ABC sport coats. Here's what it sounds like. Quite a remarkable circumstance with a full World Series or playoff flair. It is a wall-to-wall sellout. And all the elements for special sports drama here, including the potential last game for Earl Weaver, who has managed here for 15 seasons. The pitching matchup is also very special today. Two veteran right-handers with 520 wins between them, Don Sutton for Milwaukee and Jim Palmer for Baltimore. And to that story now with Howard Cosell. Well, I think you put it very well and very completely. Let me just say this, and there's no need to build up the superb nature of this pitching matchup either. It speaks for itself. Don Sutton, 257. I mean, that is a real throwback right there, isn't it? Incredible. Awesome. All right. Coming up, best of hour here on the program. Thank you very much for listening. You're in good hands while I'm gone, I'm sure. Little R&R back on Monday. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you Monday. Don't die.